Episode 6 of Advancing Quality in Patient Safety, Managing Sepsis in the Emergency Department. That is the topic of interest today as we sit down with Dr. Greenwood Erickson of UNM Hospital and UNM Medical School. Dr. Greenwood Erickson is an emergency department physician, medical school faculty member, and a healthcare services researcher. She has recently led a national collaborative effort to form the Rural Emergency Quality Series. She is going to talk about that project in depth today, with the core topic being managing sepsis in rural hospital EDs. Dr. Greenwood Erickson is going to share protocols that were developed specifically for rural EDs, highlight similarities and differences between rural and urban EDs, and talk with us about some interesting research that she led nationally that evaluated ED performance with managing sepsis. Thanks for tuning in today. Please stay with us and enjoy. Welcome to Advancing Quality in Patient Safety, a podcast by the New Mexico Hospital Association. This podcast highlights member hospital efforts in the fields of quality and patient safety and features insights from clinical experts across our state. This podcast serves the purpose of facilitating shared learning and collaboration across NMHA member hospitals. All right, welcome everybody to the sixth episode of the podcast, Advancing Quality in Patient Safety. My name is Dan Lenari, the Director of Quality and Patient Safety with the New Mexico Hospital Association and your host for this podcast series. Um, so we're just trucking along with a lot of great episodes and, and meeting uh, clinical leaders across the state. And so we're happy to bring the sixth episode here. If you haven't checked out the fifth episode, we had Dr. Laura Goitin from Chris's St. Vincent uh, talk to us about their quality program, clinician-directed performance improvement. Uh, so if you haven't checked out that episode or any of the other episodes, please uh, take a look at our, at our podcast link, and um, I hope you enjoy listening to those. So before we get started, um, our, our, our standard disclosure is that today's podcast has been approved for nursing professional development, continuing nursing education. The New Mexico Hospital Association is an approved provider of nursing professional development, continuing nursing education by New Mexico Nurses Association CNE accredited approver unit. So uh, at the end of the year, as we always say, you'll get the SurveyMonkey link sent to you at the hospitals. You'll be able to access that SurveyMonkey link and check the boxes of the episodes that you enjoyed this year and get uh, free nursing CEs for um, participating in this with us. So um, today's presenter has no conflict of interest to disclose and uh, well let's get to it. So um, we're, we're pretty happy we have our, our, our second physician on the podcast. Like I said we had Dr. Laura Goitin with us last episode and today we have Dr. Greenwood Erickson. So we're hearing from a lot of physicians lately uh, via the podcast and also many of you joined us last week for our infection control conference where we had a variety of physicians not only in attendance but also presenting so um, keeping that physician theme and hearing from physician leaders across the state we have Dr. Greenwood Erickson um, she is an emergency room physician at UNMH and is actually going to work in the ER as soon as we're done with this podcast that she fit us in today that we're very thankful for uh, she's also a faculty at the School of Medicine and a researcher um, today we're going to talk about uh, particularly her role with 
um, leading a project of uh, the Rural Emergency Quality Series, and we'll we'll hear more about those details. But uh, uh, a bit of, a little bit about that before we get started is it's a, a collaborative effort through the American College of Emergency Physicians and a series of toolkits and webinars and podcasts that they did for, for rural hospitals across the country and, and some free uh, resources that you all can access. And so we sent those out in a previous HIN newsletter, and we will send those out again, of course, with today's episode recording. So um, first, uh, just thank you, Dr. Greenwood Erickson, for joining us today and taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me. So let's begin. Um, I, I gave a brief interview of your of your titles and roles, but if you could just expand on a little bit of your background and your current role at UNM and UNMH. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an emergency physician, and I just started on faculty in the Department of Emergency Medicine and the School of Medicine at the University of New Mexico. So I work there clinically as an emergency doctor, both at UNM and at uh, Sandoval Regional Medical Center. And I came here from Michigan, where I had completed a fellowship in health services research. And um, I'll tell you just a little bit about health services research, and that will help people understand how I got into the type of work I do. But health services research means that I study how health systems function. And people who do the type of research I do are interested in topics like the quality of care, what type of payment structures encourage improvement in access and care quality, how a patient's insurance type might play a role in the choices a patient makes or their ability to access health care, and how national and state healthcare policy changes impact hospitals and impact patients. And so my focus is on rural healthcare, and that comes from my background, having previously worked as a rural emergency medicine doctor. And my work is focused on optimizing and helping to transform the structure of rural healthcare. And the purpose of that would be to improve the health of rural populations, improve the quality of care delivered, and identify models of care that lead to financial stability for rural hospitals and uh, stabilize and improve the quality of care, as well as improving access for patients. So that's probably my brief overview. Very cool. And, um, and fitting that you're here in New Mexico. As you know, we are an extremely rural state. I can't remember the exact specifics. I think we're like the fifth largest in geographic size, but then one of the, uh, the, the smallest states as far as population. So very spread out and have many hospitals in different corners of the state that are hundreds of miles from another hospital. So you're, we're happy to have you here in New Mexico. So um, t I think that the, the topic for today is, is, is your work with the Rural Emergency Quality Series. So um, just if you could bring us to the beginning of, of really what that is and how it came to fruition and, and what's included in this series. Absolutely. So the Rural Emergency Quality Series is a rural-specific educational webinar series which has associated toolkits that are designed specifically to provide education and support to rural hospitals, particularly for rural emergency departments and rural emergency providers, on how to optimize the care they provide uh, within several categories. And our first topic that we are talking about today, but also our first topic in the series, is on sepsis care. And then there are actually three more. Uh, there's one on avoidable imaging, 
another on the evaluation of chest pain patients in the emergency department, and then a third was just launched on opioid prescribing. So the Rural Emergency Quality Series is actually an offshoot of a larger program, and that's called the Emergency Quality Network. And the Emergency Quality Network is what's called a TCPI. Some of you might be familiar with that. Essentially, TCPIs are uh, organizations that have been funded through CMS to provide support and education to clinicians when it comes to the transitions that we're all going through right now with the new quality payment program. And so the Emergency Quality Network existed. There was a clear opportunity um, to do some rural-focused work since, as we'll talk about later, I'm sure, um, you know, there's going to be some differences in how sepsis protocols might be rolled out in a rural department versus an urban department. And so there was a clear opportunity to do something really rurally focused. And so I had approached two of my senior colleagues who run the Emergency Quality Network about doing a rural focus series, and they were very excited about it. And so that's sort of how it all came to be. Great. Um, so yeah, funding from CMS through, you said TDCPI or yeah. Um, so a bit of clarity there for our listeners. It, it's kind of a similar structure at the hospital setting. We have what's called HIN funding, which is CMS funded um, to, to support projects and, and, and quality improvement in hospitals. And so kind of a similar structure. We, we, we run a lot of those things here through the hospital association and with our members. So, um, yeah, a lot of alignment there and, and definitely makes sense, uh, for most of us in that regard. Um, so you said, um, chest pain, uh, avoidable imaging, opioid prescribing. Those mm-hmm. are, those are other collaboratives. Have those started yet, or are they about to start, or kind of where are they in this quality series for you guys? Yep, so uh, we've been enrolling people in WAVES. Uh, The Emergency Quality Network has been enrolling providers and hospitals in WAVES, and the um, sepsis, avoidable imaging, and chest pain have all been rolled out and are ongoing, but you can join at any time. And then opioids was just recently kicked off. So that's the newest uh, collaborative that they're working on in the Emergency Quality Network. And we can talk more about this later, but um, you know, the Emergency Quality Network is free to join. Uh, it has a ton of great resources and will connect you and help you do benchmarking for, you know, how is my hospital doing in relationship to national benchmarks and, 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 and in comparison to other emergency departments. It's a really valuable tool. Um, as I said, free to join. You can join at any time, and it's sort of ongoing enrollment throughout uh, the year. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. So, um, as far as the whole uh, uh, vision or, or and, and mission around rural healthcare for you personally, what's the what what's your what's your driving motion motivation behind this rather of wanting to lead this? Sure. So I. Uh, did a lot of rural medicine when I was in medical school at the University of Arizona. And I have developed a real passion for rural healthcare. You know, it's really my preferred clinical environment is working in a rural hospital. And I spent the last two years during my fellowship working in rural hospitals, uh, you know, in Arizona and also where I did fellowship in Michigan. Uh, And one of the things I really love about rural hospitals is you'll find you know, not only will you find some of the most dedicated clinicians there, but there's still a very strong sense of 
civility and camaraderie that really does sometimes get lost in larger and academic institutions. And I really believe that the care provided in rural hospitals can be just as good, if not sometimes better, than the quality of care delivered in the academic settings. And I really want to make sure that all rural hospitals and rural emergency departments have the support that they need to provide the best care possible within their uh, resources that they have available to them. Absolutely. Very nice. So, um, so let's, let's, let's dive into the, to the sepsis uh, series a little bit and uh, perhaps, and, and of course, a lot of resources within that quality series that everybody's going to get access to, but I just want to touch on a few things as, as I was going through it that I, that I found interesting and hopefully um, questions that, that can be answered through you um, and perhaps getting a little clinical for a moment. Um, so, sepsis protocols and, and you have those listed in here and what I found interesting is you have sepsis protocols that are specific for quote low resource settings so can you can you outline to us the, the, the similarities of, of maybe what what that protocol looks like to a academic medical center or a large urban hospital and then the differences between those what those protocols are yes absolutely so for example, we'll start with what it might look like at an academic center. Where I went to residency, um, when we rolled out, which was in Boston, very, very large hospital in Boston, when we rolled out our um, sepsis uh, sort of alert, our sepsis protocol, it involved a sepsis team. And that was, you know, physicians, nurses, an ED pharmacist, and um, uh, uh, several techs you know, patient care techs. In a rural hospital, you know, you might have one doctor, one nurse, um, you might have an advanced practice provider. You certainly don't have a pharmacist that's based in the emergency department. And, you know, you'll probably have a tech who could help as well, but many of those people might be pulled in other directions at any given time. Whereas in an academic setting, there's lots of people, lots of bodies, and, uh, you know, everyone can be sort of mobilized and ready to go immediately. And so it's, somewhat easier to set up a sepsis response team at a large academic center. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you think about what it might look like in a rural hospital, as we were just discussing, you really have to think about setting something up that can be done quickly, efficiently, um, but with fewer people than you would have in the academic setting. Additionally, you have to think about things like, you know, the, one of the biggest things in sepsis care is, is time to antibiotics. So patients who have sepsis, need antibiotics as quickly as possible. Now, in a large academic center or a large urban hospital, we have a lot of those antibiotics pre-mixed, ready to go, right there in the emergency room. Mm -hmm. In other hospitals, smaller hospitals, rural hospitals, critical access hospitals, the antibiotics that are needed, which we always call broad spectrum, you know, so big gun antibiotics, they're not always available right away. Sometimes they have to come from pharmacy or be mixed. And so you really have to think carefully about the resources you have, and who's going to be there when you're setting up one of these sepsis protocols in a rural emergency department. So those are a couple examples of how things could be different. And then the last thing I want to touch on is this is going to really probably be more for hospitals who have rotating physicians who come through, so locums providers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for those hospitals, those doctors, and advanced practice providers and nurses, they might not be used to that hospital, right? So it's not that you can always be doing education with them about your latest sepsis protocol, right? So it's very important to try to make these protocols in the rural setting 
as um, very streamlined and, uh, you know, really make it so that they're well advertised in the emergency department, make it part of your orientation when people come to work there. But that's a really other very critical thing to think about when it comes to hospitals in rural areas that rely on locums and traveling providers. Great. And, and those protocols, uh, those low resource uh, settings and, and protocols for, for, like you said, those rural hospitals in those circumstances, um, was, it, was it ASEP that, that kind of collaborated to develop those or, or how did that protocol come together? Sure. So, you know, ultimately the protocol is going to be really the same no matter what you're practicing, mm-hmm. right? You know, you need to identify it quickly. And, you know, identification of sepsis is usually based on vital sign abnormalities uh, along with specific symptoms. And so recognition of sepsis is universal. And that can be done at, you know, rural, urban setting. That doesn't matter. So the recognition, right, is the first piece. And then there's the aggressive treatment and laboratory testing. And, again, that's going to be universal, whether urban or rural. Really, the rural aspect is to think about how you can get that done with a fewer number of people and in a place where people might not always be as uh, knowledgeable about the local protocols, particularly if they're travelers. And so I want to emphasize that the care should really be the same. And uh, when it comes to the resources that we have on the rural uh, website within ASEP, that actually was a collaborative effort between ASEP. Um, But the basis of it actually was from a rural hospital uh, where I've previously worked, and that's in Arizona, and they made a huge effort collaborating with ASAP and EQUAL to put together protocols that work in their rural emergency department, and then they were kind enough to share it with the Rural Emergency Quality Series. So the people who also work in rural hospitals could look at it and say, okay, this works for them, we're a similar size to them, this can work for us, as opposed to looking at, say, you know, a big hospital in Boston looking at their sepsis protocol and saying, oh gosh, you know, like we don't have this at person or we don't have an ED-based pharmacist. How can we make this work for our size? Very cool. Great. That makes sense. Um, let's shift to um, the paper that you, you had published. Uh, you were involved in a, in a study that was, and a paper published in the Journal of, uh, Journal of uh, Rural Health. And um, and we'll attach we'll attach a copy of that article to to folks listening. Uh, in that article, you outline the performance of the SEP one or sepsis one core measure, the CMS measure, and found that both rural and urban EDs performed well on this measure. Um, so, can we just go to the the beginning of that study first? Maybe educate us a little bit on the SEP one measure, and and then how you conducted the study. Sure, absolutely. So. SEP1 or sepsis1 is just the term for a measure that CMS has come up with that is a quality measure. And so it is, was established through a fair amount of research and then sort of clinical consensus groups discussed it for several years. And what it is, is that it is a quality measure specific to sepsis care, and it measures each emergency department for each patient, it measures if that patient received the specific components that comprise sepsis care. So it's, did you get a blood culture? Did you get what's called a lactate? Did you give IV antibiotics? And did you give IV fluids? And did you do that all within a specified period of time? And so all those things are lumped together. And um, 
uh, and, and each one of those things, uh, each one of those components, they're all lumped together. And if you achieve all of those things in the time frame allotted, then you have met the step one core measure and done well on that measure. Great. And uh, so um, just to, 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 to step in a second there, how many hospitals uh, did you study on this and kind of their location? across the country? Absolutely, yeah. So at the time of the study, and we actually now have more hospitals within our network, uh, but at the time of the study, study, we had about 60 emergency departments, okay. and uh, of those, about half of them were rural. Okay, great. So, so the findings of, of your study, um, you know, and, and maybe there's more findings you wanna share, but uh, just curious about your reaction to the, the findings of the study, if anything surprised you about it. Yeah, sure. So um, the, the, the results did surprise us to some degree. And the reason that they surprised us is because we found uh, that rural and urban emergency departments both performed well, but that rural EDs actually outperformed on some measures uh, actually outperformed urban emergency departments, but that we did see outliers within both categories of hospitals. And the reason that this is surprising, it wasn't necessarily surprising to me. As I said, I've worked in rural hospitals and I feel like the care there can be excellent. But the reason that it's surprising is because about 10 years ago, a couple papers were published um, from a large research group that looked at critical access hospital mortality for conditions like pneumonia, heart failure, and COPD, and found that the mortality was a lot higher. And there's been some other research around that same time that indicated, indicated again that mortality might be higher for common conditions in small and rural emergency departments. And so for a long time, the belief has been, at least based on the research that had been done, was that taken as a whole, as an aggregate, doesn't mean there's not really high performers, but taken as a whole, that the concern was that the quality might not be as good in rural hospitals and rural emergency departments because the mortality rates were higher. So this paper and our findings would be contrary to that mm -hmm. and show that rural EDs can perform very well, if not better, on sepsis care measures. Yeah, yeah that's very interesting. So um, as far as the areas or the opportunities that you saw within that measure, um, and maybe you could stratify it to the urban facilities and the rural facilities. Did they, were they missing on the same things or did they have different opportunities um, that were kind of specific to those groups? Yeah, in, the, in general, they're missing on the same things. So people perform pretty well when it comes to identification and getting all the blood work done. Mm -hmm. But where we start to see problems is with IV fluid administration and time to antibiotics. In particular, in the rural setting, time to antibiotics was, you know, stood out as something that was a bit of an outlier in comparison to urban emergency departments. And so I would say as a rural emergency department, you know, if you're listening, you're an ED director, ED nursing director, um, or clinician, nursing, you know, staff to think about that when it comes to sepsis identification is key and those initial labs are key, but getting those antibiotics started as soon as possible um, is really critical in improving sepsis mortality. Great. Well, thank you so much for, for all that, that great information and, and, and 
Um, you know, we have limited time together on the podcast, but, but, you know, a lot of additional great resources that are embedded in the uh, Rural Emergency Quality Series. So uh, folks will def- be, definitely be able to go in there and, and get more specifics and, and, and some expansion on what we talked about today. And, and um, I guess I would like to end with, and, and we talked about it a little bit before, um, you, you, you talked about the, the future initiatives of, and uh, there are the ongoing ones that are maybe a little earlier on in the process with chest pain, uh, avoidable imaging, um, opioid prescribing. I know opioid prescribing being a, a really uh, popular and important topic now. So again, if you could just walk us through how do rural New Mexico hospitals become engaged with this work, um, and uh, you know what it, what does that process look like for them? Yeah, absolutely. So the parent organization of the Rural Emergency Quality Series is, as I mentioned, the Emergency Quality Network. And as I said earlier, you know, it's free to join. And actually, we have a lot of rural emergency departments that are already engaged nationally in the quality collaboratives uh, and engaged in equal. Actually, one in six of the emergency departments in the Emergency Quality Network, sorry, I just use this abbreviated name, equal, that's what we call it. So nearly one in six of the emergency departments engaged in the Emergency Quality Network is actually located in a rural area or a critical access hospital. And so we're already seeing some good engagement. And so New Mexico emergency departments, you know, and hospitals, I'd really encourage you to, if you have an ED director, ED nursing director, to um, get engaged with the Emergency Quality Network and take advantage of their resources uh, they're, they're really fantastic. And the other thing I would say, and I hope this talk is inspiring to do, is to start thinking about if you're a rural emergency department or a rural hospital that doesn't have a protocol-driven care program for sepsis patients or chest pain um, or opioid prescribing, to start thinking about how you could do that. And, um, you know, one way is that some rural hospitals have dedicated administrative time to one of their ED clinicians to be a quality director. And it's really critical that hospitals identify individuals who can serve as quality directors and dedicate some time to that position because it's hard for people to do it in the midst of all their clinical activities. And if anyone um, is interested in assistance with setting up these types of protocols, then they can feel free to reach out to me or reach out to the contacts on the emergency quality website, which I'm sure we'll make sure that um, Dan sends the contact information for. Uh, and either myself or them can put you in contact with other rural emergency department directors who can help serve as just really great resources, a good contact, and you know provide some assistance if that's something you think would be helpful. Awesome. That's a that's a great overview. So um, all right. Well. Uh, Dr. Greenwood Erickson, I, you have a you have a shift to catch. I know you have to go work in the ER and and take care of of the patients of New Mexico. And so um, again, I appreciate you uh, sharing all of those those great resources with us and, and overviewing that and um, allowing us to, the opportunity to to share that with our membership in the hospitals across New Mexico. So uh, thanks again for joining us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me today. All right. Well, and thanks to our listeners um, for listening to the sixth episode of our podcast. Uh, We hope you found this uh, worthwhile. And again, we will connect you with Dr. Greenwood Erickson and the folks with the Rural Emergency Quality Series. 
and uh, please reach out to them or reach out to me and I can be the conduit to get you what you need. So um, with that, we will close today's episode and we will uh, catch everybody on the next one. So have a great day. Thank you for listening to Advancing Quality and Patient Safety. Future episodes of this podcast can be heard at anchor.fm forward slash NMHA or subscribe to the podcast using the Anchor app. Please visit NMHA's HIN newsletter for materials and resources related to this podcast.